Humanitarian Engineering Podcast. Welcome everybody to the eighth episode of the Humanitarian Engineering Podcast. We are here today with our guest from Busitema University in Uganda, Dr. Godliver Umogwisha. Thank you, Nina. You tried. Umogwisha. Yes. Umogwisha. <laughs> yes. I tried. Um, I'm sorry. Umogwisha <laughs> from uh, Uganda, uh, Busitema University. Uh, Busitema University is located in the eastern part of Uganda, and it's a multi-campus university where I teach in the Faculty of Engineering, uh, specifically um, in the Department of Computer Engineering uh, with a computer science background. So I work on in the field of AI, data science, and uh, there I also lead a research group where we work on uh, practical solutions, uh, working with uh, communities at the moment, um, majorly, uh, which is a, a continuing work from my PhD study. I did my PhD in the Netherlands at the University of Groningen and still were working on practical solutions uh, for farmers uh, where these farmers are faced with very lots of challenges in agriculture. And so uh, during my study I was using AI, machine learning techniques to, to understand these diseases uh, in crops and then also translate them, try to translate what we are working on to be used by the farmers at the moment. So we've extended that work um, more uh, to understand different insights or different things uh, from farmers, not only them using our application, sending pictures, but also get more information on what's happening in the agricultural value chain. So I'm here at University of Twente uh, under the Erasmus project, uh, which I'm collaborating with uh, with a colleague, uh, Dr. Estefania Terravera. She heads this project. And then we also have uh, four other students who are visiting from Uganda uh, who are here to, to get an experience of an exchange program through learning more other courses uh, that enrich their research processes and also get a research experience from University of, of Trent. So I also understand before that, the Busitema University already had a collaboration uh, with the University of Trent uh, uh, through the Humanitarian Engineering uh, Department uh, with Professor Peter. So it was a good opportunity for us to connect easily with the University of Trent and we hope it's going to be it's the start of the long-term projects uh, or partnerships we have between both universities. Thank you, Nina. Thank you. That's um, that's very nice to know. And indeed, we visited a few months ago Positima University. It was very nice to be there as well. And it's nice to see you now here as well. Yeah, and I think it's the start of a very nice collaboration. Definitely. <laughs> well, thanks for the introduction. And I think we now move uh, to the next part. Yes, mm -hmm. so Godliver, you mentioned that you are working uh, with farmers in Uganda. Could you maybe tell us little bo a little bit more about one of your projects that you are currently working on? Yeah, so uh, when you talk about uh, farmers in Uganda, uh, I would want to first give a picture of how this farming looks like. 
like in the Netherlands where I think it's more of uh, big farmers, commercial farmers. But in Uganda, the, um, uh, the majority of farmers are small holder farmers who plant even on a less than an acre, but for food and also to sustain their families in a way financially. So there are so many challenges around the farming. One, like I mentioned, could be on pests and diseases, which is really, really like uh, well known. But also um, climate effects now, they are like a very, very big challenge in the region. And um, not only that, you find other things that you don't know about the, these, uh, these people. So um, working with them uh, is helping us learn more things that uh, we can automate with uh, technology or we can connect them with technology. Like I said, uh, also on another perspective, you need to know that Uganda is um, a country with so many languages where communication is not very uh, easy between different uh, regions. So even as we <coughs> work on these solutions, which are AI-powered, so um, having these tools to be adopted by the smallholder farmer is, uh, is still like a long process. So, uh, like I said, f the achievement from my PhD was to learn uh, crop diseases, see if we can monitor them, and even if we can monitor them before we see, our, see them with our own eyes. But then the problem now is translate these solutions to a rural community that has a special setup. So you have to figure out how uh, these technologies will work there. Yeah. But did you already find what's the, the, the magic behind it? So implement the technologies that you were talking about in the local communities, because you say there are a lot of challenges. But did you already find that the most essential thing that you need to do in order to yeah help those communities? Yeah, so we are tackling different uh, challenges. But one of the things is if a farmer surely knows that uh, they've planted on this day and they are sure of the harvest like this, by knowing that their diseases, their crops will not be attacked or they are safe, then that is, uh, that is a good thing you can do for them. But also, uh, like I'm saying, if a farmer has this produce and knows that uh, they can easily get market for this produce, but they can easily connect with uh, other farmers uh, or people in need of this product at a very uh, effective cost, then it's also a good thing. So generally in agriculture, uh, our solutions are surrounding increasing food security, increasing food produce within smallhold uh, communities. Yeah, yeah mm. that's, that's, I think that's the ultimate goal indeed. Mm. So yeah. you already mentioned that it's different in the Netherlands and different in Uganda mm. when working with the uh, farmers and mm. with farming techniques. What do you think is the role of technology in uh, helping farmers in Uganda? Yeah, so, um, and I already stressed out that we have really like these smallholder farmers who are the, like the source of the food in the country and also in the homes. Um, Technology-wise, I think in a country like this, there are already large-scale technologies. Uh, e.g. for remote sensing or for weather predictions and stuff like that. Yeah, but like, like I said, in U 
Uganda, we still have, I will not say many challenges, but then I will still say um, connecting challenges. Uh, so in a sense, if you're deploying a certain type of technology, maybe working very well, but the adaptation and how these farmers look at it may not be the same, like how you expect it. So it's more of a process, I would say, uh, however they embrace it when we give them these smartphone apps or some of them already have smartphones yeah but in some projects we've had to to introduce them to these devices you really see they like it and they are willing to even contribute to the information they get from their communities so technology wise i think everyone is interested to to learn with what technology brings the problem is the knowledge uh, they may feel they are limited to using these things, but I think the role of technology in communities in in any field is really really good. Yeah, I sense. think yeah. Nina, that's uh, quite a uh, interesting information for us because yeah. we are currently working with student teams who are uh, working on technology acceptance mm -hmm. within uh, rural communities and. Uh, we are always discussing with them whether technology is being accepted by such communities. And based on what you are saying, mm -hmm. it feels like that in general, general, they are very positive about using technologies. It's just they might not feel being fully equipped to use them. Yes, exactly. Um, maybe a follow-up question here, because um, indeed we are working on the topic of technology acceptance. And we were also wondering like, if you approach these um, communities, who within the community would you approach so that uh, most of the people would really accept the, uh, the technology? Yeah, so when we realized there are these challenges, the first uh, organization to reach out was the National Agricultural Institute, uh, the institute organization uh, running government programs. So farmers would really trust information that comes from the government uh, to them. But also we have, uh, at the moment, as we expanded on into getting into real uh, community living side, we found that uh, these farmers already have their groups, uh, what you call like farmer cooperatives. They have leaders. They have leaders. They are well-represented women, you know, they all and men. So going through such uh, cooperatives or NGOs, or through a university like us. So they really believe you're giving them something uh, genuine and they would want to trust that. So reaching out, to it's, it's not easy that you can go and visit a farmer's garden. They will be very... <laughs> but <laughs> they would not expect yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, but that would be the approach. If uh, we are working with them, then we go through these groups and then we get to the actual people. Okay, so they yeah. trust their leaders and the corporations they yes. are involved in. <coughs> and if um, a solution or technology is proposed by the leader to the other farmers or by the corporation, then it's more likely that they will accept it. Exactly. Mm. Very nice. I think with this we can conclude the second part of this podcast. Uh, we can continue to the third part where we will ask you, Godliver, a couple of questions uh, which are related to humanitarian engineering and we would like to ask you to answer them mm -hmm. uh, as shortly as possible. <laughs> yeah. So my first question to you 
is why do you think that humanitarian engineering is relevant to what you are doing? Yeah, so humanitarian engineering, I think it's uh, uh, relating to the work that we are really doing. I want to say there are groups uh, or, or areas where this would be so much applicable. Uh, in Uganda, we have uh, some disasters, some floods that really, really come unexpectedly. Uh, that would be one aspect, but also close to what I'm working on in agriculture and all that. I think it's um, it's very relevant, practically in some solutions, if that you can provide some solutions to communities that really feel so hard. I think we brainstormed something about uh, having some solar panel or so solar technologies for these farmers. It, but then also, I think in schools or healthcare, there could be some other I think deep solutions that uh, this type of engineering would tackle. I think you already partially covered the second question, but ah. maybe from all the examples that you mentioned, what is the most urgent topic that needs to be addressed by humanitarian engineering, according to your opinion? Uh, I don't think I would rate this over the other. The challenges are really all unique. If you went to the health sector, then you would really also find that uh, there are unique challenges there. If you continue to agriculture, then you would still find like unique applications there. So it depends, I think, uh, maybe the students' projects, uh, well, maybe their focus, and then would uh, address some of the challenges which are already there. So it's really like, I think... It's interconnected. You cannot rank one over the other, but there are areas where this can be applicable a lot. Mm. I think that's uh, that's something that we fully agree with, right? Definitely. It's kind of a, a whole systems view, so to say. So, yeah, mm. it's all interrelated. Picking one out is very challenging. Mm. And I agree it's more about mm. solving it together. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. My third question to you uh, is, how can a humanitarian engineer make the most impact? Yeah, go back to what I said. Like this is a new area, a discipline to me in my in my field and also in uh, in my university. So, which we are really interested to learn how best we can impact our communities using this type of uh, this kind of discipline or field. So, for me, I think it still remains open. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm. Here's my last question, and that's about one aspect of humanitarian engineering that you believe is different from other engineering disciplines. Okay, one thing I say is that this type of engineering is more to touching people's lives directly, much as the other type of other types of engineering make solutions and things. But here, you really want to get to direct to the real people and touch and touch their livelihoods so for me it's uh, it's more close to to the real people than if someone is doing something in the labs and all that and all that. but then you bring it like close to the people that need this type of technologies of help 
So for me, I think that's the one aspect. I think you said it already really yeah. nicely. Mm. To be honest, it's really about bringing impact to the communities, to uh, the people, yeah. to the vulnerable communities. So mm -hmm. I agree. Yes. I agree. And this was my last question. And that brings us to the last part of this podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> well, uh, thank you, everybody, for listening in. We were here today with uh, Godliver from Busitema University in Uganda. And we have talked about uh, smallholder farmers in Uganda and that she works in uh, computer engineering um, about how to detect crop diseases or maybe even climate um, effects and how to translate uh, the impact that the technology can make also to the communities and what kind of challenges she identified uh, while working with these communities. Well, thank you, Godliver, for being here with us today. And thank you vis for visiting us in the Netherlands. Yeah, it's been a pleasure being here and also meeting you for the second time. Yeah, we hope to see more. <laughs> Well, we hope to see you again as well and uh, hopefully also in Busitema. Mm -hmm. That would be lovely. Yeah, <laughs> And we wish you a nice day. Thank you and have a lovely day too. Yeah, thank you everybody and um, <laughs> see you at the next episode. <laughs>